<laughs> so this past week, Maggie and I went to Tennessee. And we went on a short retreat with each other. We, went, we spent time hiking, driving, shopping, and just hanging out with each other. Time that we needed as a couple to help us reconnect, since our daily lives can be very hectic. Each morning, we would get up, not too early though, and we would eat breakfast together, chat for a few minutes, and then go off to do our morning prayers. Maggie would go out onto the deck that overlooks the woods and a creek, and I would go to the couch. We will do our prayers separately because Maggie always tells me that I am too noisy, and especially in the morning. I'll have a radio on or the TV going, or even both, or at least have something playing in the background to break up the silence. I tell her the background noise helps drown out the tinnitus in my left ear, but I'm just a noisy person. Well, this past week, I had an experience that I thought I would never have. I did my morning prayers and reflections on this weekend's readings without a TV going, a computer playing a program, or anything else making noise. It was quiet. It was different. It, it, it was kind of nice. I did this each day and did it for hours. I was utterly shocked that I could stay quiet for this long. It did prove to me a few things. First, my wife is correct when she says I am noisy. And second, how loud and noisy the world has really become. Almost everywhere we go, at any given time, we are confronted by noise. It could be while we are driving in the car, sitting at the desk at the office, sitting at home with family, or just walking down the street. It is not just the noise that grabs our attention. It is everything that takes a hold of our thoughts, things that we see, things that distract us from what we are doing. This could be checking our cell phone every minute, or in my case, the constant Medicare phone calls that I receive daily. But each time I get one, I have to enlighten the person on the other end. I'm just 52, and then they quickly hang up. And yesterday I had the thought that maybe I should start forwarding them to Maggie since she'll hit Medicaid age before I do. That didn't go over well with her. <laughs> See how easily I can be distracted. <laughs> this inability to break free from all the noise and distractions proves to be one of the, the greatest obstacles when it comes to our relationship with God. We are living in a time where we cannot hear the voice of God. We see this in the gospel today when Jesus was talking with the disciples, teaching them that he's not interested in worldly successes, but how he is destined to be betrayed and killed, then rise again. The disciples did not understand because they weren't listening. Well, how could they when they were so busy arguing who was the greatest among them? So at this point in the gospel, I, I get this mental picture of a group of guys walking down the dirt road, punching each other in the arm while saying, well, I'm the greatest. And another one saying, no, I'm the greatest. 
Poor Jesus. You can almost imagine him rolling his eyes before he asks him, what were you arguing about on the way? Well, I'm sure through embarrassment, they stayed silent. And I'm pretty sure I would not have said anything at this point either. But Jesus knew the disciples were arguing about who was the greatest among them. And Jesus goes on to tell them, if anyone wishes to be first, he shall be last of all and servant to all. Basically, he is telling them that true greatness comes from serving others, especially the weak and vulnerable. If you want to be great, then make yourself least. And if you want to lead, then humble yourself by serving others. Go against the cultural norm and take the place of the lowest status. He even goes as far as being the first to do so when he endured the shame and humiliation of the crucifixion. Jesus would abandon himself to the will of others, becoming the least, to put himself at the service of all, and going as far as dying for all. As his disciples, they too should emulate the example Jesus has given. So help, to help this uh, lesson be driven home, Jesus uses an image of a child. An image that tells us that it does not matter who is first or last unless we are willing to welcome chi this child or to become like one. To accept a child means to accept the childlike part of our personality. We know that children are basically innocent. Children trust, children have hope, and children love very easily. So easily that parents must warn their children not to go after strangers who smile and offer them some kind of affection because their intentions may not be honorable. Children are spontaneous. Children find it easy to forgive. Children do not really have too much trouble forgiving people and accepting others. However, we as adults do. I know adults who have moved out of neighborhoods just so they will not be associated with people that they do not want to be associated with. Our culture today can tend to favor elite or those who are, are one would call noteworthy. Like the disciples, we can be very success-oriented and count success by comparing ourselves with others. Jesus challenged us today to make room for the childlike attitude of trust and cooperation with one another. Whether we are nine years old or 99 years old, whether we are the firstborn, the lastborn, or the only child of the family, the message of Jesus challenges us to forget about who is first, who is higher, but rather to relate with one another with childlike sincerity and with joy. So in last week's gospel, we hear about dying to self, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. We hear more of this the same week. We shall be last in the servant to all. So bottom line, we have this need, this desire, 
To think that we need to insert our thoughts, our feelings, our opinions into our world to prove that we are important, that we are essential to whatever is going on around us at any given time. We are afraid that if we are quiet, if we die to, our, to ourselves, if we humble ourselves to be last rather than be first, then we will be unhappy. We may think that this type of life is boring, or we may not get what we want in life. And this scares us to the point that we are driven to make something of our life. We grasp at any way to leave a mark on the world so we will be known and valued. If we do this, we are missing Christ's teaching and example of how he lived his life. We are missing faith, a faith that is the antidote of needing to assert ourselves upon the world, upon our community, and even upon our family and friends. This faith invites us to believe that our real significance is not to have our name put up on billboards or in lights on the marquee, but to have our name written in heaven where we will be spending eternity. We are called to be gentle and called to endure. We are called to bring peace to conflict. And as James tells us in the second reading today, the seeds of the peacemaker will bear fruit in holiness. Jesus tells us to be servant of all and put others first. He shows us a small child as an example. Put them first, serve them, and you are serving him. Following the Lord is not easy, and he never promised that it would be. Selflessness is not in our nature, but pride and greed are. If you are to be a follower of Christ, you need to put your human nature last to enable you to put your spiritual nature first. Being selfless is hard and goes against our nature and without prayer in a relationship with our loving God, it may be impossible. We have a loving God who is selfless, who died for us, who forgives us, and will lead us where we need to go if we just take the time to listen. Thank you.